Good morning. How's everybody doing? Well, that was weak. That was weak. I mean, if they would have said that, it'd been like we, you know, just traveled and all that stuff. But you guys, how's it? Is, is it the sun? Is that the sun? I know when we landed in uh, San Diego on our flight down, Charlie looked up the window and said, "What's that big blue thing up there?" It was, <laughs> but it was. Uh, we had an absolutely wonderful time um, in Mexico. And uh, before we get started, a couple things I wanted to to talk about about this trip. Now, as a denomination, um, we're part of a denomination called Open Bible, and Open Bible actually has more churches worldwide than it does in the U.S. It's really, really cool, very missional-based, very focused on making sure the word gets out to people in different countries, and we're serving people that, that are in need. And, and I love that there's such an outward focus here, and that's something that I love about our church, is when I brought up Mexico, uh, there were a lot of people that said they wanted to come, um, a lot of people that said they wanted to come but couldn't come but maybe next year, but a majority of people said, I want to support and um, before we get started, I just want to give a huge thank you to everyone who, if you sent someone on the team, if you financially supported someone on the team, if you prayed for someone going on the team, any aspect of sending this group of people to do what they did in Mexico, this is our turn to give you a big thank you for what you guys have done for us. So thank you guys for partnering with us. Now, the question is asked sometimes, um, Why? Why do you go? And a couple weeks ago, we addressed that question. Why would you go somewhere else? Why would you go somewhere not in your backyard? You know, why would you go thousands of miles away, hundreds of thousands, just to somewhere else? And we talked about how the world is our neighbor. And I love that as you go through scripture, you see Jesus model this in many different ways. And uh, one, of the, one of my favorite stories is in Mark chapter 5. And, and we see Jesus go on what is like his first missions trip. Jesus goes and he, he starts ministering to people who were not Jewish, which, which was rocking the world at the time. You know, they, they didn't think uh, Jesus was there for other people, but he goes and he ministers. And in Mark chapter 5, you see him come to a land. He starts visiting 10 Greek cities, and this is known as the Decapolis. And in one city he comes to, there's a man who has broken his chains. He's possessed by thousands of demons. And when Jesus meets him, he says, he introduces himself as, my name is Legion, for we are many. And in Mark chapter 5, you go through this incredible story of Jesus commanding these demons to leave. And the demons leave this man, and he's free of his bonds. And then when Jesus leaves, the man says, I want to come with you. But Jesus says, no, you now have your mission. You need to stay here and go tell everyone what's done. And there we see, like, the first missions trip. Someone has come, or Jesus comes. Jesus, a man's life is changed by Jesus, and then he gets to go share his story and change other people's lives. And on this trip in Mexico, we, we saw numerous people, as, as you'll hear in our stories, numerous people came to know Jesus. Um, their lives were changed. Our lives were changed. Um, and another question someone has asked, um, not recently here, but this is just a general question that gets asked, is there, there are people that may think, all right, so you raised thousands of dollars to go down and build one house. Is it worth it? Is it worth it knowing that, that how far can you stretch thousands of dollars? And is it worth it if you do all that just to help, help one family? And I would say over the course of the years that Puente has been in operation and that our church and other churches have been able to send teams down to build for just one family, you bet it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. And I hope today that when you, uh, you'll hear the stories and you'll see a video of the family that we, that we built for, you'll be able to look and say, we were a part of that. And yes, that family, that family is worth it. So without further ado, I'd like you guys to turn your attention to the screens and check out some of the fun and, uh, and hard stuff that we did this week. Oh, actually, that's right. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. This is the family. If you look behind him, you'll see a big pile of rocks. Would you believe that I told you this picture? This picture was taken a little over a year ago. 
And that pile of rocks, he smashed down to build the foundation for his home. When, uh, when Travis, the, the, le the leader and director of Puente de Amistad, got there, he, um, he said, and we've never quite built an area like this. We drove up this hill, and this, as Travis said, you know, when he was meeting this family, as they're driving, he immediately was going, I don't want to build here. I don't want to build here. No, no. But the translator who works for Puente named Marcial told him, he said, no, you've got to meet this family. You've just got to meet this family. We've got to build for them. And Travis was telling Marcial, no, we're not going to build here. This is 45 minutes away from the base. Uh, this is in the middle of nowhere. This doesn't even look like a safe hill. Like, why would we do this? And then Travis met this man, and he said, upon meeting him, he knew, we're going to build for this guy. We're going to build for him. God just struck Travis's heart. But then they looked at the land, and they said, there's no place for a slab. And so he looked at his wife, and he said, I'm going to make these rocks go away. And Travis was like, you can make these rocks go away. He said, yeah, I'm going to beat these rocks down. And so what he would do is he would build fires on top of the rocks with wood, heat the rocks, and with hammers, smash the rocks. And he then took those rocks and mortared them together to build the wall around what would be his foundation. Um, there are many people that Travis said he meets with and says, hey, if you'd like a house, here's some things you need to do. And some people don't do it. They say, ah, we, we just don't have the means or resources or we, we don't want to. This man, for over a year, prepared his foundation. And uh, when we met him, it was, you could feel just the joy of God in his heart. He was so excited we were there. And it was awesome to be able to meet this family. So now, without further ado, check out this fun video. You, uh, you thought what happened in Mexico stays in Mexico. No. <laughs> It'll follow you everywhere. So what I'd like to do is, um, actually, let's, let's start by passing the mic down. I'd like the team, introduce yourselves, and um, just, just real quick, pass it down. And then what we've done is, I have some questions I'm going to ask, and they're going to kind of just answer and share what some things that God uh, did in their hearts and, and spoke to them about as we were there this week. So go ahead and start. Hello, everyone. My name is Theoden Tang. Uh, I'm Kayla Bernhard. Ashley Hazelrig. Delaney Hazelrig. Hi, I'm Maddie Imhoff. And I'm Charlie Bernhard. So this is the team that went down, and we started, we flew down Saturday morning. We left bright and early. Uh, we got to the church at a quarter to five in the morning. And for the teens, that was torture, you know. But uh, we, we got to the airport, flew down to San Diego, and spent the week there. And um, so first question I have for you guys is, uh, before we went on the trip, what were some of your expectations? I think Madeline said she would like to talk about this one. Um, okay, so when I first heard about this trip, I heard about it from Delaney because she and I are friends from school. And she brought it up and she's like, hey, my church is going to, my church is holding a missions trip to Mexico and I kind of want to go. I'm like, oh my gosh, take me with you. And she was like, well, we can see what we can do about that. And um, when I first started talking to my parents about it, I kind of had the idea of like, oh, it's like an opportunity to go see another country because I've always wanted to go like, travel and like see different parts of the world and get to know different types of people there and so for a long time during the process of convincing my parents to let me go and getting to know like the um church a lot better i kind of was just like oh this is gonna be like a, kind of not really like a vacation-ish opportunity but i definitely thought it was gonna have more like vacation elements and it wasn't until like we we're really getting into all of like the preparation and all of the meetings and stuff like that, that I really realized like this is a, this is a work trip. You're going down there to serve 
God's people and you're going to be faced with a lot more challenges even than you would face in regular day life. And, you know, like that was really hard for me to work through, especially like with the mindset that I had before. But then we got down there and it was it was just it was hard work. It was very hard work, especially building the house and doing VBS and the heat and all of that. But it was just it was amazing. Like all of that hard work led to something so amazing. And that was like, that had such a big impact on my heart and drew me closer to God because of it. Awesome. Thank you. Um, anyone else want to share anything on uh, pre-trip expectations? That was me or not. All right. Uh, next one I have is where did God show up for you on the trip? And I think Theoden's going to, going to tackle that one. God showed up for me before this trip. Uh, he really comforted me b because uh, leading up to it, I was very stressed out and nervous because I was going to a whole nother country for the first time without any immediate family. Um, and I was just like, you know, what am I gonna do? I've never been away from my family for like more than like a day or two. Um, but God really spoke through me through the song, uh, Just As Good by Chris Rezima. Talks about how he never leaves and that he uh, is always there for you. And he's the same God that has done miracles in the past and will continue to do them. Uh, he, he gave me hope that he would lead me through this trip and give me the right things to say and be strong for him, and he did. Um, this, this was the last song I listened to before I left for this mission trip. Uh, it gave me great encouragement, and I was just brought peace as well, and I was way less nervous. On the last day, when we were lining up for breakfast and then we were going to leave uh, Mexico, I heard that song playing in the other room, and I just knew it was God telling me that he kept me safe and he was there for me. Um, he's, he's never different. He's always the same God, whether it's from when you first meet him or when you uh, feel like he's more present. Um, he'll never leave you as well. Even when your faith falters, or you feel something's really hard in life, he's still the same. Awesome. Thank you, Theoden. Um, I know that uh, there was one point in our trip where we're kind of recapping with each other, and we were all talking about, you know, hey, what, what are some God moments on this trip? And um, if anyone else, I'm going to share one. If anyone else wants to share a God moment, it'd be fun to, to kind of share some things you saw God doing. But as we were sharing all these things with each other, um, I was reminded in scripture where John talks about Jesus did so many amazing things that there's not enough libraries in the world to, to account for everything he did. And I was like, I feel like that's going to be this trip if we keep on talking about it. Because all the things we saw God have his hand in. Um, for, for me, you know, one of the things that where, where God really showed up for me, uh, we were doing VBS. And VBS, you know, Vacation Bible School for the kids, and we're having fun. And on day one, we saw, I think it was six or seven kids raise their hand at the end. And I said, you know, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart before and you'd like to do that now, saw six or seven kids raise their hands. So we got to pray and celebrate their decision to receive Jesus. And then the next day we're doing VBS, and I didn't ask the question again. But, but at, at the end of the lesson, you know, we're doing crafts with the kids, and uh, Pastor um, Abalon Abalonia asked me to come outside with him. And he, we did VBS in a place called the Food Kitchen. And so they're open every afternoon for kids and families to come get food. And um, so he brings me outside, 
and there was a translator there. Uh, translator was Erica, and she said, she said, um, Pastor wants you to meet this family. So three people who I'd never met before came in, or came outside with us, and Pastor was talking, and so she's translating. She said, this family contacted Pastor last week uh, needing help, just needing assistance. And so Pastor told them to come to church on Sunday, and they came, and now he just, uh, he invited them to come to the food kitchen to, to kind of just be a part of, you know, get some food, maybe help out with kids. He knew you guys were going to be here this week, maybe meet some of you and hear your story, and they want to receive Jesus right now. And I was, I was shocked. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> they came and heard the lesson that I gave for the kids, and they wanted to receive Jesus. And, and I was, I, in that moment, I was like, I wasn't even here for these people. I was here for the kids. And when I told that story the first time, Charlie goes, <laughs> Charlie goes, I said, I wasn't there for these people. Charlie goes, that you were aware of. And I was like, that's true. That's so true. Because God knew I was there. We were there for those people in that moment. And I got to, to look at him in the eyes and just, just say, do you know what you're asking? Do, do, you, do you know what, you, what it means, who Jesus is? And they were just broken down. They said, yes, yes, we want what you've talked about. We want this relationship. And those, those three adults who came to a food kitchen to see Americans do a lesson for kids, receive Jesus. And it was, it was just an amazing reminder of, I think our devos that morning, we were talking about, you never know who's watching. You never know who's going to hear what you're saying. And in that moment, people I wasn't even talking to, directly at least, came to know Jesus. And that was, that was a huge God is good moment for me. Um, anyone else have a God moment or something that they'd, they'd like to share with everybody? All right, just passing on down. So <clears throat> it was the first night of worship we had. We had gotten done working on the house, and we got back to the base, and we were doing worship that night. And I practiced the songs, and I knew how to play them. I was playing guitar for them, but I was really nervous. It was, I was playing guitar in front of all these people for the first time, and I was just completely scared that I was going to mess up the song, and I just wasn't going to play well. But the moment came to me when something told me to just take my shoes and socks off. It sounds weird, but it was, <laughs> I, I don't know how many of you knew Andrew, uh, Andrew Farmer, but when he came to church here, he never wore shoes or socks. He would always just be barefoot everywhere he went. Sometimes he'd be wearing sandals, but uh, something told me to just take my shoes and socks off, and I did, and I felt the ground, and all of a sudden this flow of uh, courage and all the nervousness inside of me just left and I was able to play exactly how I wanted to and that strengthened me inside and I also thought of Moses with the burning bush when God told him to take his shoes off to feel the sand in the ground under him and that was probably my strongest God moment because Courage and strength is something that I struggle with and I don't take very seriously. And then, but to have that all flow into me at once because God told me to take my shoes off was very powerful. Um, on our last full day uh, in Mexico, we drove to a canal to feed um, the homeless that were living in the area. And I was in the bus with two of the men that um, they work on the, they're volunteers and, and work on the base, um, Armando and Ken. And these are like 
pretty tough guys. They help with the construction, but when you when you see them, like they're playing with the kids, they're like the the jolliest, sweetest men. Um, but they started sharing their story on the bus ride, and I was with them and got to hear that. Um, and you know, one of them had been severely involved in drugs, doing it behind his family's back. Another one had actually murdered someone and been deported from life for the from the U.S. Um, and when you look at these men, you are, and you you see how they interact with everyone, the love that they have, and just the joy in Christ. Like you would never guess those things about them. And just to hear their story and like how God can take take any life. He can take any life, even the homeless people that we saw that weren't in their right minds, and he can turn that around, and he can use that to do not just a little thing for him, but to you to do something huge for him. And just constantly serve. It was just, it was so beautiful to hear their stories and just a reminder of like God's power. Um, and, and that just, that just hit me because it was, it's such a beautiful story. Anyone else want to share a, a God moment? So, um, like there's so many ways that I saw God work in my heart and just around us that there are so many that I can't, like, say all of them. But I think one really important one was um, on the day of the that we went to go feed the homeless at the canal. Um, at first, when we were driving down there, I was like, oh, it's, it's going to be kind of easier. It's j- we're just going to feed people. And I had volunteered myself to share my testimony. And then um, we got down there and I was walking with a group to go and try and invite people come and sit with us and eat and um (laughs) when we um walked down there and we see all saw all of those people in that in um really poor conditions a lot of them were taking drugs like a whole section of them were just like had syringes in their arms and were like not in their right minds and um I really went like speechless like and then we went back up and started serving food. And I, I did share my testimony. And I am super glad that I got to do that because for the rest of the time, I was just, like, dead silent. I, like, was so in shock because of just seeing all of those people for the first time, like, like in that condition. And we were working when we were building the house. We were in, like, a rundown area. But it just didn't feel the same as when you went and saw all of those people in that conditions that we did that day and um I was really scared I was very scared and I didn't know what to do I really wanted to try and make myself useful but and I went around where I could and but I still didn't think that it was enough so when we got back into the bus and we were driving back to the base I was just spending some time with God and I started to cry because I was just so, so thankful that God did keep me safe and that he used me in what areas I could, even though I was still, like, shocked and I was just trying to, like, take in all that I was seeing and all that I was experiencing in all of that, like, fear. But he just guided me and he made me useful and I got to share my testimony and it was just, like, so powerful to realize, like, even in, like, all of my fear and, and scary situations, God still, like, made me useful and still protected me when I really didn't feel, like, as safe as I had. But 
the reality was I was always safe. God was just always there, and I really realized that, and it was just very impactful, and it helped me to, like, not feel so fearful, and I hope that should I get the chance to go next year, that I hope that, like, God will work more on my heart so that way I can share more and engage more with the people that we come across with and that um, I will be able to leave more of an impact on them than I did this year. Awesome. Thank you. Um, what did you uh, What did you learn about yourself, Ashley? Um, first of all, I learned that I'm done making excuses <laughs> or don't want to make excuses anymore for um, the things that God wants me to serve in. I've always had a reason that I couldn't go on a missions trip before, like, oh, there's enough to do here. I have young kids. I have a dog. I have to work. I don't have the money. Um, I wouldn't be that helpful. And I'm glad that Delaney wanted to go so badly because that kind of pushed I mean, I was on the fence, like maybe, but that she wanted to go so badly and I wanted to be there for her first time. So I'm glad that I went in because um, all my excuses were not valid. <laughs> None of them were valid. And if, if God wants you to serve, um, there's just no point in making excuses because he's going to provide the answers to all those excuses. Um, so I was so um, blessed that I did that. And in the future, I don't want to make excuses in any way that he's calling me to serve again. Um, I learned that I can work physically a lot harder than I thought that I could. Um, I don't do manual labor very often. <laughs> um, so that was, um, that was amazing to, to learn. And then I already knew this about myself in a, in a way, but I feel like this just was to a whole other level that um, serving is one of my spiritual gifts. I, I enjoy serving. I sign up for everything. My kids yell at me all the time for signing up for everything at the church because I just, I enjoy it. But to see how God, when you're doing that spiritual gift, how he just gives you the power of the spirit. I mean, these were long days. And I mean like long days. And after two of those days at home, I would be like dead. Um, but you're working, then you're playing with kids, then you're running around, driving everywhere, getting food, then we're doing worship at like 9 p.m. and playing games, and you're not getting nearly enough sleep for the work that you're doing the next day. And I just thought like with the heat and um, the conditions that we were in and the, the constant activity um, that I just wouldn't, wouldn't make it. But I actually felt good like I felt energized um, and you know you're working hard like I knew I was working hard I could feel that but I never like felt like I needed to pass out in the van I never felt like you know I couldn't get up the next day like I, every day I felt energized and excited and I feel like God was just like you know like you're doing exactly what I've called you to do and I'm like you're gonna get through this and I'm gonna get you through this and I just loved that part of it Awesome. Anyone else want to share anything that they learned about themselves on this trip? All right. Um, Delaney, how would you say that you have changed because of this? Okay. So when they first brought up the trip, it is something that I would have never, ever uh, thought of, even thought of volunteering for. It's just very out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm very introverted, so... Um, but when they did first announce it, it just, I really, 
really wanted to go and experience all the experiences and connect with people and connect with God more than more than I um, have. Um, and now that the trip has passed, I genuinely feel like I have changed in a lot of positive ways. I feel like, like my mom said, I feel like I can work harder. I feel like I can appreciate so much more things that I have. And just getting home and walking into my house and seeing my room, I was like, wow, like I have a lot of amazing stuff. And it's just that like nice feeling of just like knowing that you did something good. And I knew that I did something good. And yeah, so I just have that overall like appreciated feeling and a lot more joy and happiness for and to see what God is doing in the around the world. I'm a lot more aware of of the work that he does everywhere cuz you don't on a daily basis you don't think about you don't think about the homeless in Mexico, you don't think about the homeless around the world um but it was really nice to experience all of the ups and downs of the trip because I feel like I've learned a lot from other people and from and for myself. And something that happens in Mexico is uh, not only do you learn stuff about yourself, but you all learn everything about each other. Oh my gosh. You know, when, when, you're, when you're spending time on a plane and time in a small dorm room and like, like um, Ashley said, getting like five hours of sleep at night, you start learning about, you know, what's going to make someone mad really easy, <laughs> who likes yeah. to make people mad really easy. <laughs> and you, you start learning a lot. But, um, but, but we, have, we have a lot of fun too. And, you know, one of the things that um, I asked them to think about is uh, what was the funnest moment you had in Mexico? Because, you know, we, we, we do, you know, we did go and do a lot of, a lot of work. It was a lot of work. And um, as Maddie shared, you know, this was not a vacation. You know, that we, when we went, there was building and there was, there was VBS and soccer. It was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of hard work. But there was also a lot of fun. And this trip was fueled with laughter. So if you could pinpoint what was one of the funnest moments you had on this trip, Delaney, what would you say? Um, well, overall, the trip was just, it felt really rewarding. Just everything was really nice and rewarding. But the funnest moments for me were um, playing soccer with the kids at VBS and the last day of building in the house. Um, soccer with the kids was such an experience. Um, and I play soccer, but... If you think you can play soccer, you can't over there. They are, they are so much better than you. Um, but even just being there and you didn't have to have any skills in soccer, you could just feel the connection between you and them. And the language barrier was absolutely nothing. Um, there was just so much communication, even with just like hand signals and like looks, but everyone had just such a joy playing soccer and the kids even the little tiny small little ones were involved in it running after the balls um and to the oldest teenagers like everyone was involved and everyone was connected and it was really cool seeing um that bridge um in the last day of working most definitely the hardest a lot of them left us to go to vbs but it was you don't want me on the job site no you know it's bad news um me and Maddie and my mom, uh, we really stuck together on the last day working, but it was it was hot. It was hard. I had to nail in so much. Maddie had to cut a bunch of boards. Matt, my mom had to do like a bunch of electrical, but at the end of it, you just felt so good about what you did. And even though we didn't get to firsthand see the family's reaction, 
we all got to go in and see them afterwards and it was it was just amazing seeing their faces seeing especially the daughters when they would run upstairs and see that their beds and their toys and the daughters crying and hugging their moms it was one of it was a, an experience that that I will never forget and that I will you know one of those things I'll always I'll always remember Theoden also wanted to share some of his funnest moments. So uh, along with Delaney, I really enjoyed playing soccer uh, for VBS just with everybody. Uh, it was just really fun. I gave everything. I had all my energy. So I was running. And I pretty much had the ball the whole time. I mean, I can't kick it into the goal, but I had the ball. <laughs> um, but I was just running. Uh, and it was just great, like, the language barrier, like she said, didn't really matter because we were just all like grunting, uh, me mostly. <laughs> but um, yeah, because I actually found out I grunt when I play soccer because of him. We, we all found out you grunt when you play soccer. <laughs> 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 yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> but it was great. Uh, and the highlight of soccer was definitely um, I was playing against this other team. It was like 15 versus three. So I was on the three side. It was totally fair. <laughs> but I uh, was playing, and Delaney was on the other team. And I was grunting, and I had the ball. Uh, no, she had the ball. I was, like, I was running at her, like, full speed. And then she turned, and she plays soccer, by the way. So she's pretty good. She kicked the ball. It sailed through the air, and it hit my face. And, I go, and I'm grunting the whole time. I'm like, oh, 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 ah! <laughs> so it hits me in the face. My glasses fly off. Everyone's laughing. It was hilarious. And then I... I like go and I'm like, okay, pick up my glasses, turn it to everybody. And everyone's laughing and they go, and I'm like, what do I do? And they're like, you're bleeding. And what happened was the ball hit my glasses and it cut into my face right there. So it was like, you need to go get some help. So I had to go and uh, wipe it off and get a Band-Aid on my face. The biggest Band-Aid in the world. It was the only one they had. across the middle <laughs> of your face. It was better than like one of those skimpy ones though. It was so, and then another uh, fun moment was every morning we would wake up, Dustin and I, at like five to work out. And people thought we were crazy because like you just worked the whole day. Why are you working out? So it was, it was great. Because we even stayed up till like midnight one of the days and then woke up at five and then worked the whole day. We did. So got to get those gains though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to shout out like to the Creekside uh, team from California, from Dustin's old church. That was one of my funnest, mo it wasn't like a singular moment, but um, to see, to meet people that he talks about all the time, but then also to like work with them and just, they were just so awesome, all of them. I mean, the teen girls like really worked to include all of us and include these girls. And then, um, yeah, they were just a really fun team to be a part of. They are the ones who normally go on this trip every year, and we kind of tagged along, but it didn't feel like we were just a tag along. It felt like we were part of their team. So I, that was super fun to see everyone connecting and making new relationships. I know that one of my prayers going down there was uh, you know, real, realizing as I go down there, I was the only person that knew everybody there because uh, the Creekside crew was there, and I knew all of them, and Celebration crew was there. And so when we're there, I knew that you know the Creekside people didn't know any of them. The Celebration crew didn't know any of Creekside, but I walked in and I, I knew everybody. And so my, my prayer was, God, let this let this be one team. You know, the, the week that we're here, we are we are not Creekside and Celebration. We're we're just Team Mexico. You know, we're we're here this year. And one of the best compliments I think that I got was from different people that worked at the base full time when they kept saying, "Now remind me, who from this crew goes to your new church?" 
they couldn't tell who was a part of what group because we were all just meshed together and doing everything together. And that was, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of cohesiveness, a lot of laughing. And um, yeah, you know, one of my best friends in the world, uh, Mark, is the leader of the Creekside team. So it was fun to see him. And he said his prayer was for the same thing for the Creekside team. Hey, we're going to go there and they're with us. And while they're with us, we're just one giant team. And so nothing was ever separated except for the, the billing at the end of the week, you know, for, for Creekside and Celebration. But everything we did was, was just together, and it was, it was a whole lot of fun. Um, anyone else want to share one of their funnest moments? All right, so my role this uh, trip was on the saw, um, which is super stressful and also awesome because it's, you know, you get to go in the shade when you want and take a break and that kind of thing. It's not always fully demanding, like, you know, just... Uh, you know, like the construction part of it. So during one of the times of downtime, the, the little girl, Allison, uh, came up and we just started talking and I got, I got lost in this conversation with this little girl. And my Spanish is, is not very good. It's, you know, I usually say I'm about a four or five year old level and she's 10. Um, so I had to have her repeat stuff uh, quite a bit, but, but, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was just me and her you know, probably, I don't know, it was probably five minutes, but it felt like half an hour. Um, and uh, she ended up dragging me around to the backside of the house where there were a couple of two-by-fours uh, that she just, you know, she would prop up with, the, you know, be about a six-inch gap on it, and, and she would traverse the two-by-four and, you know, celebrate, and I would try, and I would fall, and um, I did eventually get it, um, but then she moved it higher, and I, I couldn't do that, so that was fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, just the, just the connection with this sweet little girl, um, that I really wasn't anticipating at all. She just came up and, and started talking, and uh, I'll, uh, she she made a drawing while we were while we were there on a little piece of two by four that I snuck away. So I have, um, and uh, find a way to either display it or uh, I'll just put it on Facebook or something. But uh, it was just tremendous to just connect with this little girl, um, and uh, and then from then on, anytime we would see each other, it'd be a you know. A uh, you know, <laughs> just uh, that connection was was totally there. So it was, uh, yeah, it was just it was tremendous. Anyone else want to share a fun funnest moment they had? All right, well, I still have you, Charlie, real quick. Favorite taco? That's like picking your favorite kid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would have to say the Autobata tacos, which are a spicy pork. Um, everywhere I went, I had one. And everywhere they were awesome, so but yeah, it's impossible to impossible to see. Um, one of the one of the big selling tacos of the trip went back when I was with Creekside, and even a bunch of us got it here mainly because of Aurora. She just mows through these things. In Mexico, lengua tongue taco <laughs> is a big seller, and people uh, even some of you now just made faces at me. But. Aurora's mission was to go around to everyone who thought it was gross and have them just try a little piece. And it looks just like shredded beef when they put it on the tacos. She would say, try some of this. It's the lengua. And I think about everybody that tried it said it was good or ended up ordering their own lengua taco. And usually the restaurants totally sold out of it when our group came through. And that's one of, it's one of my favorites. It's a good one. Um, Charlie, what would you say your hardest moment was in Mexico? Um. Or if anyone else wants to to tackle that one, your hardest moment. It was a breeze. <laughs> no, it's all good. The first, well, Sunday we drove to the job site to pray over the slab. We didn't start building, but we were um, driving there. It was like a 45-minute drive. And just seeing the level of poverty 
this was my first mission trip ever and first actually time out of the country ever. And um, a lot of the people on the bus were like laughing and they had all been on this trip before and they're just talking. And I just felt so like heavy because it, it was just hard to see the conditions that people live in, what they put together as a house and bring their children home to. I just, that was hard for me. So probably the hardest part about the whole trip was <clears throat> the majority, or not the majority, but half the time I was at that trip, it, there was this attacking in myself and this doubt and everything was just coming at me like, you, sh you shouldn't be here. Like, this is not where you're supposed to be. And half of the time my anxiety would go up and everything would just be like, it's not going to work out. This isn't, this isn't where you're supposed to be. And the devil was trying to get at me and telling me that I'm not supposed to be there. And it weighed on me a lot. And I just broke down the first night, Saturday night, we got there. And I was already like, we're supposed to be doing something else. Like, this doesn't feel, this wasn't what I was expected. I feel like I should be doing more than this. But by the end of it, seeing, getting to feed the homeless and getting to build the house, everything, it finally came back together to say, this is a beautiful thing we're doing in the name of God. And it just, the, the weight of the devil telling me that I shouldn't be there, but eventually God came over me and said, that this is where he wanted me to be. Everything in my life that was happening now all lined up perfectly for me to be able to make this trip and I didn't miss a lot here because I'm usually a very busy person, but I had nothing going on. So I, I eventually told myself and figured out that God did want me there and I'm super glad I went, but overall it just, I was told that I wasn't supposed to be there, but I eventually figured out that I was. Awesome. Anyone else want to share uh, what they felt was like maybe their hardest moment on the trip? I know for me, um, it was, I think, uh, either Maddie or uh, Delaney shared when we were, the group of us went down into the canal, and we didn't bring the little kids with us on this. It was um, some of the older teens, and we had some of the, the enforcers, you know, Fernie and Armando and those guys with us. But we went down into the canal to invite people up with us to eat, um, walking by the, the group of people we did, and we, and we saw them all with the syringes in their arms. That, that's where my heart just broke. It was so hard to see. And for me, I was like, I wish I could put, take Jesus out of my pocket and go, use this instead, use this instead, use this instead. And it, it, it was hard to see people so empty, you know, so, so lost. And um, I know that I did feel better when I saw some of those same people come up to get food. And our translator, Fernie, was explaining to them. He goes, you know, hey, we have food for you. We have supplies for you. We have shampoo and deodorant, and we have beans and bread, but we also have something so much more than food. Please come up and hang out with us. And, and a lot of them did, and that's where they got to hear testimonies from their group. So that was hard, but at the same time, I was, when I saw them, we were handing them food. I was so happy to see them again. Like, I'm so glad you're here experiencing so much more than what you were experiencing 10 minutes ago down in the canal. Um, what would you guys say if there was anyone you could talk to that if you said, hey, come to Mexico, and they're like, ah, uh, maybe, I don't know. So they're on the fence. 
who would like to share? What would you say to those people if you had an opportunity? Um, if someone was on the fence about a mission strip, I think I would tell them to definitely consider their pros and cons, but I would tell them that personally, the pros outweigh the cons by so much, and there will be pros and cons, but um, it's so much more rewarding, all the stuff that you do, than you think it would be. It is. It feels so nice to see what God's accomplishing and see everything that's happening. Um, and I think a missions trip is definitely uh, something that everyone should get at least a little bit of an experience of because it's good to see what is out there in the world and not just here. Even though it is nice to be here and see what's happening here, um, it's nice to experience all around the world and try and help wherever you can. Um, and just to listen to where God is calling you um, to help out. Yeah, so just kind of writing off of what Delaney said, I also believe that, like, especially, like, if you're struggling in your walk with God and you're just, like, getting confused and you want, a, like, a deeper, more real relationship, I think Mission Strip is such a good place to, like, really grow and develop in your relationship with God, especially in, like, the setting that we were. We were surrounded by so much poverty, and we weren't used to ha not having the daily comforts that we have here in America. But being in that situation, I know for me, like, really helped me to, um, to grow closer to God and be able to grow a more close relationship with Him and just see how he works so much more than I ever have. And I think that if God can do that for me, then he can do that for so many other people as well. And I just think it's such a good opportunity to help struggling relationships with God because it deepens them and it, and it strengthens faith so much. Anyone else, what you would uh, tell anyone who is on the fence? So I think the best way to answer this question is from a, a testimony that we received over the, over the trip. Um, in 2009, uh, I was attending Celebration Center and was, um, we were taking teams down on a, a fairly regular basis. And during, during that trip, we had an opportunity to go work on the house of one of the interpreters that the base uses. Um, and uh, they, uh, they weren't there, he was working. I'm not sure where his, his wife was. She was pregnant, so she was probably somewhere resting. Um, and uh, they they had us do some some repairs to their roof, some repairs to their foundation, um, and uh, so we did that. And it was it was you know kind of a out of sight, out of mind. We were we were there. We had the guys, and and we got the work done. Um, and uh, when we revisited them or, or came you know went down there, um, we found out that they were there serving at the church. Um, that they had started a church, and uh, and so after one of the devotional times, uh, I had an opportunity to go talk to them, and I had been scrolling through my, you know, just through my memories, and uh, came across a picture of of him, his wife when she was pregnant, and his mom, um, and just felt really compelled to to share that photo with them because I'm like, they've never seen this photo. It's going to be a really sweet, cute, you know, 
think, you know, 13-year-old photo. Um, and uh, they, they immediately um, broke down because after we left, um, they never knew who did the work for them. They knew it was through Puente, and they knew it was a church, um, but they didn't know who it was. And there's been several changes of directors since 2009, and so for all intent and purposes, they had, you know, they had just been resigned to, to never knowing you know, who had helped them. Um, and they were explaining that during that time, they were trying to decide whether or not God was calling them into ministry or not. He was like, <laughs> uh, Pastor um, Rolando was saying, I wasn't sure if I was just supposed to be a regular Christian that goes to church or if I was supposed to be a pastor. Um, and uh, he's like, I was working, so I had no idea who was doing the, you know, who, who helped us. Um, but it was, it was confirmation that, that God wanted me to go into ministry. Um, and there were some other things that went into play, but he said that was a huge piece of the decision for him because they were struggling financially. And, you know, he was, he was basically saying ministry is going to not be able to, to allow me to provide for my family. So having a secure house um, with a non-leaking roof and all that um, spurred him. And so they, they're in ministry now. They have planted a church. That's the church we visited on Sunday. They, uh, they've built an upstairs area. They're getting ready to blow out the back wall um, to, to expand their sanctuary and move his office upstairs. Uh, they're looking at a piece of land across the street uh, to, to do, um, you know, to purchase and to expand their ministry. They minister to kids uh, every day of the week. Um, Pastor Dustin left a bunch of his, uh, a bunch of our VBS stuff with them and, and kind of showed them um, you know, a different way to engage with kids. Um, and uh, they come to the, to the base every day and they minister to the teams that visit there and they minister um, through translating. So why do you do something like this? It's because you have no idea the impact that you can have on the kingdom of God. A very small thing that we did helped spur this ministry that untold numbers of people are going to be saved. And of course, all of the credit goes to God. I was really struggling with whether or not to share with them because I was like, I don't want any credit. We didn't do anything but just right place, right time. Um, and God used us. Um, and really, that can certainly go to to, to anything in life. It doesn't necessarily have to be go on a foreign mission, but um, but it may. And on those trips, we've had, I've had as old as 75 and as young as eight months. Caleb went on a trip, my first trip, Caleb went down with us. Um, and he, he was just administering just as then. So there's, you know, like, Delaney, or excuse me, like Ashley was saying, um, there's no excuses for why not to join God on his mission, wherever that might be, whether here or abroad. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, I want to encourage you guys, uh, talk to the team you know, when, when we're done and we leave here today. There are s there's so much more that we could talk about of what God did and the fun that we had and the, and the jokes we played to each other. None of these people will ever eat an ice cream cone ever the same again after they, they've had someone else take a chunk out of the bottom of their ice cream cone as they were holding it. It's, it's fun stuff. So we, we've had a lot of fun, and what we'd like to do as we close out service today, normally we have the worship team come up. We're actually going to stand, and we're going to sing one of our VBS songs for you in Spanish. So I invite you to stand with us 
Um, you're obviously not going to be able to sing, and we're going to fumble over the words, but it's going to be awesome. Theoden uh, actually brought the words with him. So he probably should stand right there so everyone can see. Yotengu Unamigo, that is the one. Go hold that right in the front, right there. <clears throat> so we're going to serenade you guys as we end today in Spanish. I'm going to kill my mic, but I need you guys to uh, hold the, where's the wireless mic? Where'd it go? We're going to put this one right out here for everybody. You guys ready? All right. One, two, three. Yo tengo un amigo que me ama, me ama, me ama. Yo tengo un amigo que me ama. Si hombre es Jesús, que te ama, que te ama, que me ama. Si siento amor, que me ama, que me ama. Su hombre es Jesús. Very nice, guys. Very nice. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for the fun time we got to have uh, going to Mexico. God, not just for the fun time, but I thank you for the God time we got to have down in Mexico. God, I ask that this family that we built for, that their house is a blessing to everyone who sees it. Um, everyone who walks in its front door feels your presence, God. Every wall that's touched, God, every, they, they just experience you and everything that was there. I pray that family is a huge pillar for you in that community. And God, um, every meal that we passed out, um, every conversation that was had, every person that heard any testimony, God, I pray that everything that we were able to do points people to you. God, we look forward to next year um, to seeing what a more amazing things you are going to do, not just through this church, but through Mexico because of the people being willing to be your hands and feet. God, we thank you. We love you. And everybody said, amen. amen.